Hey everyone, Nick Engvall here. Before we get into today's episode, I want to tell you about some of the people that make the sneaker history community and this podcast possible. It's more important than ever to think about who you give your money to when you're buying clothing to go with your kicks. Our friends at Guilty Goods started their brand with a goal of giving back, especially to the communities that make sneaker culture possible. With every purchase from Guilty Goods, at least 10% of the proceeds are donated to organizations like Big Brothers and Big Sisters, the Susan G. Komen Foundation, Movement for Black Lives, and many more. You can save 30% on your order by using the code HISTORY at GuiltyGoods.us. Again, that's HISTORY at GuiltyGoods.us for 30% off, and you can feel good about your purchase knowing you're supporting a meaningful cause. Sneakers are all about presentation, and if you're like me, displaying your kicks at home or in the office is just as important as when they're on your feet. Sneaker Throne makes sneaker display cases featuring customizable LED lights, drop side cases to showcase the entire side of the shoe, not just the heel or the toe, the whole shoe. They've also got display cases for trading card collectors and hat collectors. To me, it's the perfect way to display your collection. You can save at least 10% on your Sneaker Throne order by using the code HISTORY at SneakerThrone.com. That's HISTORY at SneakerThrone.com. If you're a Patreon supporter or a member of our Discord community, you already know about Kicks with V Hot Sauce and his small batch locally sourced hot sauce. V has been one of the biggest supporters of Sneaker History and the podcast since the early days. He's currently the defending champion in our Community Trivia Nights competition. Kicks with V Hot Sauce has been a huge hit with the community. You can save 10% on your order by using the code SNEAKERHISTORY10 at KICKSWITHVHOTS.COM. That's SNEAKERHISTORY10 at KICKSWITHVHOTS.COM. Now, you're probably here because you like sneakers, and if you join the Discord, you know our community is about so much more than that. Whether it's the marathon-like community calls, trivia night debates, the in-person meetups, we're just sharing our favorite experiences. We found that although we have such different backgrounds, we all have some unexpected shared passions. Not only does the entire community look out for each other when it comes to releases, we're like a support group for life in general. You can join the Discord community for free by heading to the show notes of this episode. After you're done listening to this episode, tell someone you like their kicks today. You never know how far a simple compliment can take you, and we all know how good it feels to have someone show their appreciation. Now let's get into today's episode. Jordan trying to shake off Starks. Oh, what a move! Against Gil, the crowd on its feet. Allen for the win! Welcome to the Sneaker History Podcast. What up, what up? Welcome back to the Sneaker History Podcast. My name is Nick Engvall. I'm with my guys, Robbie Falke, Mike Guillory, to talk some kicks. How you guys doing? Yo, I'm doing good, man. Um, still chilling. <laughs> How about you guys? I'm good. I ordered um, a Nike uh, like running fanny pack. Ooh. Trying to like... It, I mean, we've I've been running a lot the past like couple weeks. It's really quick. Get out for twenty minutes, come back. Um, but I got this little fanny pack, and I'm really excited for it. But then I realized we talked a while ago about some delays at Nike, and I'm like, oh snap! I'm probably not going to get my water bottle for a while. And I got my uh, niece a pair of little baby Cortezes that are really cute. So I'm good. So got some random stuff. Nice. I saw also related, Mike. You're uh, you're about to to start start on your running journey. Yeah, dude. I'm uh, I'm trying to hit 200 miles by the end of the year. Uh, so far, I'm at 17 as we speak in the last seven days. So I feel good. Uh, they actually stay on the, the topic of Nike. Their little uh, their running app is pretty awesome. They have guided runs and like they're the the coach on there kind of talks you through it. So it, it definitely helps out. That's dope, man. 
I've been completely slacking on the running, but my goal was actually 500 for the year. So I, uh, I got a long, I'm, I'm maybe like, maybe like 30, maybe 40 in, but, uh, I got to get back on it. I actually, I just made the commitment today to get, to get back out and run. So I'll be right there alongside you guys, at least virtually, right? Social, social, social media distancing. Is that a thing? Yeah, hey, it's good enough for me. <laughs> <laughs> we could all use some more social media distancing in our life. <laughs> yeah. Once I said that, I was thinking the same thing. Oh uh, man. It, it is kind of interesting though. The, the, it's almost like you need the filter of, I don't want to deal with what's going on in the real world right now. I just want to come on and see some BS in the sneaker world and, and then, you know, go back to my life. Uh, but nobody's, nobody's as has a platform that's that evolved yet. So well, someday. What's funny about that is I have my burner account and I use that for um, no shoe content. Like I don't follow any shoes. I don't post shoes. Anytime a shoe comes up in the algorithm, I, like, I make sure not to like it, just to like have non-shoe content in my life. I recommend anybody listening to this to not heed what I'm saying and to keep consuming sneaker content. <laughs> um, especially us. Yeah, especially us. But when you think about shoes constantly and you're, you write about shoes and you talk about shoes on a podcast and you see like 90%, 95% of your social feed as shoe content i guess to be like damn i'm tired of it for a minute and i just gotta like take a step back from shoes <laughs> yeah. yeah i mean that's i think that's that's yeah i think that's true with anything right i mean for me it's been that way i, I struggle with the social media stuff because most of my life now you know the past i don't know 15 plus years has been like sneakers and and the internet so uh Backing up and and moving away from it from time to time is is a, a necessity for me. But I think it's a good idea to have like, you know, personally I think like having multiple accounts to do stuff like that too because, you know, you want you want like you want to be able to almost like separate your you know let's say your family stuff right like even if you're buying your niece some Cortez you don't necessarily want that on you know, all the sneaker platforms that you're talking to and, you know, working with or whatever. So I'm, I'm a big fan of, of breaking it up. I, I'm kind of curious if anybody else out there does that, right? Because for people that do this stuff all the time, as much as you love this stuff, it can just be a burden because like, even when things are cool, there's always those little things. Like one of the things Robbie said right before we started recording is like, just not getting the notifications that you want from the sneakers app or from whatever, whatever that app is, right. It doesn't even have to be sneakers, but it, it just creates this kind of ongoing frustration with sneakers. Even though you love this stuff, it's like, you just want to make sure that everything's working properly. And once one thing falls off, everything else kind of, you know, goes off the rails for a little bit until it's like, Oh, okay, cool. Like I let that go. I'm, I'm back, back to normal kind of vibe. At least that's how it is for me. It's like, thanks, Nike, for letting me know that you restocked the Air Max 90 recraft and Volt. I already have that shoe. And then not telling me about the shoes that I don't have and want. It's like, ugh. <laughs> Dude, Even so Air Max 90 is just killing us today. So he got a notification. Here he has it. My order got canceled. So... <laughs> I mean, that kind of leads us into this episode. So on this episode, we want to talk about the ways that, you know, I guess 
the best way to put it would be kind of like tips and tricks when it comes to purchasing sneakers online. We're not going to tell you to go buy a bot. We're not going to tell you to go, you know, I don't know, whatever else bad that's out there. But um, just being, you know, people that have been buying shoes over the Internet for a long time, there's definitely things that I think we have practices and and ways that we go about searching for things that should be helpful to people. So kind of looking forward to that. And hopefully, you know, we can address the uh, the sneakers app and and the cancel orders and that kind of stuff in this episode. But I have to put before, a hard, I have to put a hard pause on that really quick and ask you to have you ever resold sneakers? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I've resold one pair of sneakers. Like, uh, was it? I think we talked about this one of the episodes. My Jordan Twelve Bobcats. I was like, I'm never gonna wear these. And I, I remember using the. Uh, oh my god, what's the stupid app? It's like the Five Mile app or whatever it is. When it was popular and I was going to play ball with my buddy at the gym, met them in the front door of the gym, sold them for, uh, I think, what, 250 and um, went to go play basketball. The only time I resold it, it was super shady. I mean, yeah, I, I, I've definitely resold sneakers. I, I don't have a problem with it. I don't think that it's something where people should be shamed for it. It's no different than, you know, it's been that way since, you know, 20 years ago when I first, I mean, even, even further back than that, probably for some shoes. But, um, I think that, you know, like my career path and like working for a resale platform for a few years and, you know, working for retailers, working for media companies, all in the sneaker space, all of this stuff is just an evolution of the way that it's all going. And to me, resale is no different than retail at this point. That line is completely you know, grayed out and erased in some places. And I think honestly, like that would be one of the things that I would suggest to people that are considering opening a sneaker store at some point, the traditional ways of doing that, you know, I've seen friends struggle to get accounts with places like Nike or Adidas, but also seen accounts pulled from friends because they weren't selling enough. And you know, to, to my, my kind of opinion on it at this point is that to avoid running into that situation where Nike controls the on off switch for your flow of income, like resell, whether that's consignment, whether that's actually reselling new stuff, whether that's, you know, selling vintage stuff. I think all of that is just a, a cool way to create a better, you know, boutique slash in-store retail experience for customers. And if you do it right, people won't be offended. If you do it in ways where you're trying to price gouge, then of course people are going to be offended. But, you know, I mean, I think anybody that, that has an issue with people reselling, you know, especially in times like this where, you know, 20% 20% of the damn country is unemployed right now, you know, so slang them shoes. Yeah. If you can make a couple extra bucks, you know, do it, but be smart about it. Don't, don't, you know, don't forget to calculate properly. Right. And when I was working for the, for the resale, you know, app before there was just so many people where you see that they're buying shoes for retail, they're putting them up on the, on the app, they're taking 10%, 12%, whatever it is, another 2% for processing, another 10 or 15 for shipping. And by the time they sell the shoe, they resell the shoe, I should say, 
they're losing money on on the shoe. And as long as you are calculating that out and smart about it and approach it as a business, I think it's great. Everybody should try it. It's not even just sneakers. You can go out there and do it with anything. There are places where people pay more for things to get things. And that's the way businesses, big and small, thrive is they find the ways to make the most money off of the products that they're able to sell. Now, that also, you know, you're going to have like cutthroat people on all the platforms. We see it regularly, right? Just lowballing everything. So, if you're not comfortable in like holding your ground on a price or negotiating prices with people, like we talked about a little bit on the last episode, that's something that becomes problematic for people in a lot of ways. So thinking that way, like don't put yourself out and like make it to where, Hey, I got to make this 200 bucks back by next payday or next week or whatever that is. It's not worth reselling anything at that point. But if you're smart about it, okay, cool. Incremental. I want to make 50 bucks on this one. I'm going to make 40 on that one. And I'm going to make 50 on this one again. And by the time the end of the month rolls around and you've made a couple hundred bucks or a few thousand bucks, whatever it is, that's like true, truly like entrepreneurial, regardless of what anybody says about reselling, in my opinion. Yeah. Just don't take pictures with a, uh, a, a brick wall of boxes that you, you, you know, you bought all these shoes and talk about reselling them. That's one thing I hate about it. It's like people like, oh, yeah, I bought up all the stock. Are you going to buy it for me? I don't like the business of reselling is cool. Like, I mean, make your money. Like, I think we've all said that. I just hate the the random flex pictures we get. Okay, okay. But let me hear me out on this. You guys both worked in sneaker stores. Uh Did you ever send a picture from the back storage room to anyone you know? Nah. Oof. My, only, my best friend who I worked with, we were the only two that were like, I was like, we were the only two that were in the shoes and like our group of friends. So we worked together. So we like, oh, we see each other. Man, I was the assistant manager of a house of hoops and I would bring people back. Into, <laughs> <laughs> not like far back, but like a couple steps in and like, yo, so this is what's coming out because I'm trying to make numbers. So I'm like, yeah, that's what's coming out in like two weeks, three weeks. Um, yeah. I would also definitely take photos of stuff in the back. And I was also that dude who would purposely hide shit in the back where it wasn't supposed to be <laughs> so I can buy it weeks later on my desk. Oh, I get that 100%. I get so much stuff. I'm picturing Robbie like in, in a house of hoops, but like employee of the month style. So he's got like the boxes cut out, playing poker up above <laughs> on the top <laughs> of the Employee of the month. I came yelling. <laughs> my pants were creased. Like, man, I hated that job. Like, if I'm going to sit here working at freaking wearing these damn stripes, I'm going to like, I'm going to make this work for me. I'm going to take the longest turds of my life and just go sit in the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> Contemplate what to buy next. <laughs> yeah. Right. And there's a, yeah, it's super funny. Um, but so, so that, that kind of leads me into like one of the things that I think should be near the first point on our list, right? Cause you, you, you basically said it without saying it. And I think when you're trying to buy anything, whether that's a sneaker, a new phone, a car, a new MacBook, whatever that is, a house, it's all about building relationships and building rapport with people, right? Because even though we feel like we can't do that on the internet, we absolutely can. And what what you said basically was on one hand, you're the guy at the store working 
and you need to hit numbers. So it's more important for you to build relationships with people so you know that they're going to come back and, and buy from you, right? And on the flip side of that, as a consumer, we should be thinking that same way, right? Like, especially now with like all this, like, you know, coronavirus stuff, shutting things down and, you know, building rapport with someone and, and having a relationship with someone is the best way to get the best service, have the most access and just get the stuff that you want. And also you're supporting somebody that you, that you care about. So that would be like the number one thing on my list for like tips on how to get the stuff that you want is just put in the effort and and give people the time and actually get to become friends with people because you never know that, you know, let's say Robbie was working at House of Hoops back then and then he moves on to a position where, you know, you want to work together on something else. That's how life works, in my opinion, and and it's super important, but so, I'll, I'll let that go. <laughs> real energy to that. So JC from Urban Necessities um, used to come into my footlocker all the time and buy up whatever he could buy and like sell it out of the car. And now he has all these different ventures going on. It's like, I don't like shopping there particularly. And the brand's kind of like a little too much for me, but I have nothing but respect from like, he would go around and like make those relationships with people to get placed with the shoes to then sell. And you sell enough shoes, you get a little shop then a bigger shop then a bigger shop. So it's like people don't ever think, or they only think, Oh man, I wish I had a plug. I wish I had somebody at Nike who could like give me the 50% off or like a, a pair of shoes for free. And it's like, there's so much more that used to go into that. And that should go into that that a lot of people don't think about. Yeah. I mean, my manager, I used to work for at champs. Uh, he's been just kind of working his way up through, through like the, you know, the foot company basically. And, uh, and he, he was in Waco when I was there. And then when I graduated and everything, I was actually, I, I thought about staying, you know, becoming like doing a manager training. I was like, ah, I don't think I want to do that for, for too much longer. So ended up clearly moving to Houston and, just so happened he ended up moving here as well with the bigger store and i mean it's cool because just so happened now where i have my offices and his store is i am in like a mile driving distance so if i ever wanted to go like pick up something or anything uh i mean still pay for it of course but i know i can maybe call somebody like hey do you have this all right cool i'm gonna come pick it up your lunch or something yeah i mean i i think yeah those are those are great examples and i, I just think it's going to be so much more important as we kind of move on from all this stuff that's affecting our lives right now. But, um, that said, I guess like what would be kind of the next, the next step for you guys, what, what would be a, a tip that you would want to throw out there for everybody that's listening? My thing about online is my, my first tip to anybody. I never buy something in the first place I see, unless it's, you know, one of those shoes I know is going to sell it immediately. But if it's something that I've been kind of like hunting for for a while, you know, and I know it's been sitting there, I never buy it the first place I see because you can always find it cheaper. So I say just be diligent and don't look at just the big stores. Make sure you're looking at those smaller mom and pop shops that have websites, those boutiques that have websites, because they're nine out of 10 times you're going to find it cheaper than, you know, somewhere else for, I mean, for example, um, 
the Air Max 90s I, I had ordered, I mean, unfortunately, the order got canceled for, you know, it's, it's all good. But on like Foot Locker and, you know, Finish Line, they were still 120 bucks. I got them at another store ordered for, you know, $86. So, I mean, just, I just kept looking. And I think that's a good, good thought to always have. I think the other thing about the smaller boutiques is, or I guess not even about the smaller boutiques, but your attitude towards when things don't go your way, right? Uh-huh. I think I think it's so important to just let shit go. And oh, yeah. we all want a lot of things. We all think we need a lot of things. But at the end of the day, you know, if you don't get a pair of shoes or if something gets canceled, I would chill on all the social media antics that happen when people are frustrated. <laughs> people I don't, mind don't get me wrong. Like I think people, I think there are times when people are rightfully upset and, and they should voice their opinion and call people out. But I also think that you just got to recognize if you're putting a bunch of negativity out there that is unnecessary, if there's other things that are affecting your frustration, then that's only going to end up hurting you in the long run. Mm-hmm. And I say that from a consumer perspective, but also from a from the perspective of somebody who's hired a lot of people, both for you know full time jobs and you know freelance gigs and all that stuff. A huge, huge, huge thing when it comes to hiring people is looking at who they are when nobody else thinks when they think nobody else is watching, and I mean that specifically about social media, right? If 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 you're just out there, you know, trashing anything and everything because of whatever else is going on in your life or whatnot, I don't want to work with you. Like, I just don't want that energy. I don't want to be dealing with the negativity. There's enough bullshit going on in the world. We don't need to add to it with our frustrations. You know, like, don't get me wrong. Be upset. Text your buddies. Text your family and be like, hey, I just got screwed over by this. I'm frustrated, whatever. I need to let it go and, and move on. Or I need to help. I need help finding to replace that shoe that I didn't get. Those are the ways that I think it's, it's like rightfully, you know, justified to do those things. Mm -hmm. But I think it's such an important thing because I mean, we all could look at days where something trips us up early in the day and sends us down a bad path. And by the end of the day, we're just frustrated with anything and everything. And sneakers can do that really, really quickly, unfortunately. So my my kind of like piggyback tip on top of that would be to just roll with the punches. It's not that serious. Honestly, if you're diligent and you look regularly and look broadly across the internet, you can usually find most things for close to retail or even less, or especially on sales, right? When you get oh, yeah. something on sale, you can always find a sale even if you pay five, 10 bucks more on eBay versus, you know, your canceled order, it's yeah. not that big of a deal at the end of the day. And if you really wanted it, you really wanted it. And I think Robbie also like had made a good point about this a couple months back where he had bought a pair of shoes and the order got canceled, I think multiple times. Right. And it was like, yep. that's a sign, yeah. you know? And so just be, be aware that sometimes it's just not meant to be. Yep. And that's going to happen a lot. So like, I'll get fussy and I'll post that like I'm mad at sneakers for not getting a pair of shoes, but ultimately I'm over it by the time lunch comes around. It's like, there's no need to harbor anger 
or even just like be looking. I'm sure other people do this, but they look for other people feeling the same way to get that validation. Like, oh man. Misery loves company, bro. Yeah, right. It doesn't have to be sneakers. It could be anything. It can be an action figure on a whole other website. Just if you don't get what you want, you want to know other people also didn't get it. But you two bring up great points. It's like you can definitely find it on sale at some point for most shoes. And and I'll go into more detail about that later when I kind of talk about what drives my decision to buy a shoe. But it really isn't meant to be all the time. Like if you're sitting there and you're getting, you know, frozen on the checkout page on Kith trying to buy a pair of new balances, like it wasn't meant to be, there's going to be 50 other shoes that release in the next three months that you like, like you didn't get that one is move on to the next one. Like harboring ill feelings over a shoe is silly, especially over like a Jordan, right? Like the bread one, band one, whatever you want to call it. I've never owned that shoe. I've always struck out. And it's just not meant to be, but I never think about buying it resale because I guarantee you in two years it's going to come out again. So anybody who wants a shoe, especially like a number Jordan from the championship years, and you don't have it, just wait it out. It'll come to you. I think that's the reason I really have not pulled the trigger on – uh, I think any of the Jordans between one and fourteen will always re release after you. I think you're the reason I think that now because I didn't really realize it. But one through fourteen will always find a way to re-release every you know it'll cycle every couple of years, and that's one of the reasons I can never make myself pay resale for a pair of Royals or a pair of Shadows because I know that I can if I actually try. When they came out again, I could spend 170 as opposed to spending, you know, 320. I'm like, it's a pair of ones. They ain't worth 320 to me. Is they're just not. And there's not many things, not many sneakers out there that are worth 320 bucks to me. But yeah, just that patience. Was it Fomer always says that with patience saves pockets? And I think that is a hundred percent fact. Yep. Yep. And I think too, you know, this might be uh, another tip, but that patience sometimes means looking at something like eBay or a place like Soul Supremacy, right? Where you're going to find like a worn a couple times or once, you know, think about like all of the resale platforms. Obviously StockX is, is new, dead stock only. Goat does some used stuff, but you don't really see a lot of people talking about their pickups from Goat on the used, in the used section. Not to say that you can't find deals there, because I've definitely seen some good stuff there occasionally. But people don't think of Goat as as you know used shoes the way that they do for eBay. And I think like places like Soul Supremacy, where they're you know going to run discounts or maybe even run like short run auctions on eBay, those kind of like consignment stores or resale shops where you can find a shoe that somebody bought wore it a couple times and, are, and is like, man, I'm not going to wear these. That's the best way to save money and find the stuff that you missed out on. Right. Like I'm in the same boat with, with you guys. Like I never, I've never in all my years been able to get a, a pair of black and red ones and it's okay. Like I know they'll come back around. And honestly, like I have, 
a handful of ones that I can wear anyway, that it gets me through until someday I get them. You know, one day I want to have them the same way I would want like an airship, the same way I would love to have some of the original Jordans from, you know, 85, 86, 87. But it's just one of those things where if you take away the fact that, especially if you're going to wear a shoe, if you're a person that collects this, this tip doesn't really work for you. If you collect dead stock only, and I respect that, we need people doing that to have the true story down the road because we all know the brands don't keep things straight throughout the years all the time. But being okay with buying a shoe that's worn once or twice is such a good way to find good stuff that I think everyone should should consider that option. It's also a cool way to save a significant amount of money in a lot of ways, right? Because we all know people like Robbie, not to pick on you, but like where you buy a shoe and like a couple wears into it, you're like, man, this is why I didn't buy this, right? You bring it up regularly. And I, I respect that you're so open about that because there are a lot of people out there that criticize people for buying something and then, and then selling it. What does that matter? You know, like the only thing that you shouldn't be able to buy and just get rid of when you don't want to use it anymore is food. The rest <laughs> of the stuff is free kitties. game as far as I'm concerned. And kitties. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. I want to sell mine sometimes. She's kind of a jerk. Hey, well, yeah, I'm, 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 uh, I'm fresh off of cleaning up some poop over here. So uh, <laughs> like puppies might not be any better of a choice. <laughs> There, there's even one level deeper I have written down to that. And I know our friend Barry does this as soul works, but it's like, you could even find a pair of shoes that are beat to shit beat to poop and maybe have a little project, go on a little restoration project and fix them and make them what you want to do. And maybe even customize them. There's very, there's varied um, routes you could take from buying a beat up shoe. If it's cheap, you know, if, if the, if the cost to buy in is low, why not play? So there, there's a couple ways to get shoes that you want. I specifically recommend shoes like the Jordan 3 because that's just like a midsole repaint yeah. and maybe like a back heel tab if it's really messed up. But outside of that, uppers look good when they're beat up on a 3. Um, you could do various methods. Um, I know there's a couple shoe brands that make like – restoration kits like rejuvenate or whatever uh, where they can help like get the, the shape of it back a little bit but you just got to repaint the midsole and redo the elephant print and if you buy like a 45 dollar pair that's not a bad look and it's fun yeah there's videos on that now like i mean not not to plug a particular brand but they just have really good videos out but there's a rejuvenator i uh, was named vic he has good videos of basically like how to restore these shoes. I mean, at this point, we ain't going nowhere. We chilling. Go look at, like, get yourself a project. Be a little patient because of what I think it is. I mean, we're talking about patience. I know we all have our moments of lacking. Like, hey, we want it. We want it now. But sometimes it's cool to sit back and you get like, use that patience. And like, you have, a, I think, a better appreciation for whatever it is, whether it's something you hunt it down or like Robbie said, it's something that you went in and, and made it a project. Like you take that pair of beat up threes, you put it back together. I guarantee you won't ever get rid of that pair. Even if you don't wear it as much, you will just always have an emotional connection to it because you, you rebuilt it. Yeah. hundred percent agree. I a hundred percent agree. 
Um, I do want to, I want to shift back a little bit cause I, I know I, I sent us down that, you know, thinking lightly used and, and restoration conversation, but I do want to make a couple of points about some things that I think would help people in like making purchases like with new products. Um, without, without going like full on with a bot or something like that. Cause I don't think that's worth it, but I also don't, I clearly don't have the, I have to have this mentality with any release with even my, you know, favorite like Reebok questions over the years. Like sometimes patience is the key. You know, I'm, I might've waited three, four years to get some of the shoes that I wanted but I just knew that I would end up getting them rather than being stressed out because I didn't get them right then. And honestly, I actually get joy out of posting that stuff much later. I think it's cooler to post something 10 years later than, than it is to post something right when you get it, when everybody else is getting it. Nothing wrong with that. I just think that patience of, of coming around to getting something is, is something that I've grown to appreciate over the years. Don't get me wrong. I have had plenty of times where Saturday mornings were the worst day of my life at that time. <laughs> um, but I just feel like I've, I've hopefully, thankfully, and I don't know if this is a consistent thing, but outgrown that. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's super funny because I can't, I've had many bad Saturday and I can't remember one of the shoes in retrospect that made me feel particularly bad. Like you get over it. There's only one that's ever made me mad and I still kind of frustrated about it. And that's just because along with my love for sneakers is my love for comic books and the Jordan one origin story. People talk so much trash about that shoe up until that Friday. And then all hell breaks loose and I couldn't get a pair. And they're like five, 600 bucks now. So that's the only shoe I'm angry about because I think I wanted it for a different reason other than the shoe itself. Yeah, that's fair. So one of the things I was going to suggest well, first, I think the, the most important thing, at least at this moment in time, when it comes to like hop and sneakers is making sure that you're following the right people on Twitter. And we could put together a list of people that that like personally, I think is the right list of people to follow. But I would bet that Mike, Robbie and I would all three have separate lists of who to follow on Twitter. And not to say that like you shouldn't follow, you know, whoever you want to, but it's just that some, some people vibe with you differently. You vibe with them. You want, you want to support different people. But I think that, you know, if you, if you're not active on Twitter, it's, it's an easy app to like, just go follow, I don't know, 10 or 20, 30 accounts that post links. So, you know, when product is up, when restocks happen, all of that stuff, because, you know, all those accounts are constantly pushing out that information and it's an easy way to just stay up on things. I don't think that you get the same kind of instant notification gratification from any other social platform. That's why I'm pretty like adamant on, you know, saying that you should do this on Twitter, but it's one of those things that should just be the basic first step of, I want to buy sneakers. Like, a Twitter account, even a burner account, if you don't want it to be a public thing, like, like, you know, Robbie talked about earlier, I think you could easily follow, you know, 10, 20 people, you know, I guess like some of the ones that are just off the top of my head. Um, J 23 app is a great one for Jordans. 
kicks under cost is a good one. Um, Adidas, uh, yeah, kicks deals, Adidas alerts, um, you know, sneaker Twitter. Um, there's, there's so many of them, but just go through, follow one or two and you'll start to get suggestions. You'll start to see more of them. And, you know, you can refine that list as you understand, Hey, this person posts everything that I want. This person posts one particular thing that I want. And then when you have overlap, it's not a big deal because it's Twitter. It disappears. You're, it's, it's out of your eyes, you know, <laughs> as long as you're keeping the thing in chronological order. So yeah. that would be my first kind of major tip in terms of purchasing sneakers. Yeah, um, that's a good one. I forget about it, like using that sometimes. Um, my next thing is, I think it kind of circles back to the first couple points we all made, but buy what you want. Um, because you're going to get yourself into a habit of buying just what Nick was saying. Hey, you bought it because you saw it posted on, or you, you bought it because you wanted to post on social media, or you bought it because you saw it was popular on social media. My thing is buy what you want. Like my collection will never, I don't think be one of the ones that are going to be like, you know, Oh, he has, you know, all this heat in his collection. I love my collection because it's things I like. I have some real obscure stuff sometimes, like things that you would never think are like, you know, oh, why would you buy this? It's because I liked it. And I think that's what people need to realize that it's cool. I mean, there's, I mean, I love Jordans. Like the DMP, if I, you know, if I really wanted it, I probably could have got it, but it just didn't speak to me. I think probably the same for all three of us. Like we see it, we want it, but it's not something we were really going our way to chase. But just get what you like. I mean, I just, I think one thing that kind of bothers me, which it really shouldn't. And when, it's when people buy it, and then you never see like it sells out, but you never see anybody wearing it on foot. Just kind of one of my pet peeves. I'm like, well, if you didn't really want it, I mean, if you're going to resell it, cool. But if you just want it because you want to take that one picture, I get frustrated again. I shouldn't, but it's just, it's a pet peeve of mine. Yeah. And I think that's a, that's a good kind of, I'm going to toss this to you, Robbie, because deciding on what you buy is, is incredibly important. And for me, like I said, not being, not taking it too seriously, right? Like if you have the patience and understanding that, you know, with time, with time, everything that you want, you'll, you'll get. Um, but that said, I do, I do think that there's, there's some interesting ways to go about just like knowing like if that's the right choice or not. Right. Mm-hmm. Nick, that's a really good point. Um, for me, I start with like a base rule that I, I rarely break. I don't buy stuff that's more than seven to eight years old. Because at that point, not only could it like, you know, structurally start to fall apart, but that's when the next point comes in of will it retro soon or not? Because at that point, eight years away, you're getting close to 10. That's going to be an anniversary if it's like a a landmark shoe, like an all-star game or a Christmas shoe or something. So you're, you're, you're reaching a milestone there. So... If you spend $350 on a shoe and then 18 months later, you can get it for $160, you are going to be kind of pissed about it, right? Yep. Absolutely. That's why so many old heads get really mad when like shoot like the Atmos, right? Like when they started retroing those Air Max 1s, it's like, well, the first ones, that shoe particularly didn't take a plummet. But like for the most part, I guess Jordans would be a better analogy. Like if you have – um, like, uh, an 88 three from like what, 2013, 
I guarantee you that shoe's in a retro in the next year and a half. So if you try to sell it now, you're going to probably you're gonna get close to top dollar, but sell it 18 months from now, you're competing with the new retro that's 200 bucks. So you're probably gonna get your butt bitten there. And then uh, the next thing that I really kind of like to consider is like, how rare is it? Like how difficult is it going to be for me to acquire this shoe, you know, three months down the road? Cause if it's going to be a pain in the butt and it's going to grow in worth four times over, it might be worth buying it at 300. If it's going to be, if you think it's going to be worth 900, you know, later on down the road, the Jordan one's a really good example of that. Um, but you're talking more like the four to $500 range. I remember shattered backboards for like 350 to 450 for a while. And then the sun rose one day and they were a thousand dollars. So it's like, I, I try to consider those things too. Yeah. I mean, I think those are all good rules. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't think anyone can argue with that. I, I never really thought about that until I think I, I met you, Robbie, about the not buying a shoe. Um, and that kind of goes on with the Jordan's retro in so long. But after so many years, just wait because you had a new one that's not going to crumble on you and you'll spend, you know, 60% less on it. Yeah. And I think, I think I would just add to that, you know, don't sweat the small stuff. You know, the, the thing about, you know, that approach that most people would dismiss or the reason that they would dismiss it is because they would say that, oh, well, the white cements from this year, the white cement fours from this year are slightly off colored and not the right shape compared to the white cements from that year, right? And at the end of the day, that stuff doesn't matter. If you're going to wear your shoes, it's not going to matter at all. Like, don't get me wrong. We all want to see perfection. We all want to see like the perfect, you know, original recreation release in like the perfect quality. But let's be really, really honest right now we all like overly glorify original release stuff because there's nostalgia and story tied to it that makes us believe that it was something much more important or bigger than what it was and i'm not saying that like some of the original stuff wasn't better quality but at the same time that stuff you know, it just like, you wouldn't be able to wear that stuff now. It's, mm -hmm. it's very, you know, the, the differences are so minimal. And if you're worried about walking down the street or walking through the mall and somebody like checking you to see like, Oh, what year are those Jordans? Then you're missing the whole point of sneakers, right? Like that's just way too, <laughs> way too, too much for me. And I'm one of those people that for a very long time advocated for Jordan brand specifically to bring back like original qualities and original details. I, I still love to see that stuff. I'm not, I'm not saying that I don't, but I just think that if I really want to wear the shoe, it doesn't matter for me personally. It doesn't even matter if there's a jump man on the back or a Nike air, like don't get me wrong. I would always prefer the Nike air, but a pair of black and red black cement Jordan fours. Like I love that shoe regardless of what's on the heel, because I just love the feeling and the, and the memories that I associate with seeing that shoe. So my tip on top of that would just be to, to not worry about that stuff. And you'll be able to save a lot of headaches, probably a lot of money. 
And you'll be able to have more shoes in your collection that you actually can appreciate because you know that you're going to wear them and, and enjoy them and get that, you know, joy out of them. <laughs> and at the very least, though, you have to know that you're wearing a pair of Jordan 4s. You don't have to know the 2012 difference between like the countdown pack. But if you don't know you're wearing a pair of 4s, come on. That's like <laughs> well, the, the, the baseline. This is not a number you got in your feet, but... To, to what Nick said, I have two points that people need to like chill out on. One, Nick said it. Who, if you're walking around the mall, walking around the streets, doing whatever, who's gonna lay on the ground, get one close one eye to inspect your shoe? I don't. I've never had anyone get that close to my feet when I have no matter what year my shoe is, and no one's like, oh, ooh, that one looks like it was a 2012. The colors off. I've never had anybody that close to me. Yeah. <laughs> So I was, it was happy hour one time and I was in Vegas and this dude comes in wearing a pair of mags. Oh, dang. I may have had a couple Henny and Cranberries. And <laughs> oh, I'm like, yo, oh. J.R. Smith? A little bit. Um, so I go to him, like, can I, those are really cool. Like, can I see your shoe? And I'm looking at him like, those things are fugazi. And they, <laughs> they, were, they were not real. Not saying I have a pair of mags sitting in the closet. But I've been like face to face with multiple pairs and I've looked at that shoe so many times online. And sometimes you can just tell, like not sometimes, a lot of the times you can just tell some fakes are really good, but these were not like the costume ones, but I had to approach him and I told him I thought they were fake. <laughs> okay, black. anyone besides Robbie is not gonna get the costume <laughs> shoes. <laughs> I mean I mean and, and I, I I genuinely think that some people there's, there's people that don't care and there's people that don't know. And mm -hmm. I think that those conversations are totally okay. I, yeah. I mean, there are a lot of people that listen to this podcast that have messaged me asking about um, whether a shoe is real or like the names of shoes or the names of, you know, like, particular models or players that wore shoes like that's part of what like i'm I, like you can dm me on twitter or instagram at nick ingvall and i'll happily try to help you with that stuff i'm i'm i might not get back to you right away because there's a there's a lot of people that <laughs> message me but i i don't care if you don't know right like the point of me being a part of this whole sneaker community is to help people understand the stories that they might have missed and I also think that like, it's okay if you got a fake pair of shoes and you didn't know, like we've all ended up with fake shoes at some point, whether we knew, whether we like intended for that to happen or not, like it just happens, right? Like yeah. you can't possibly know every single shoe every single time. Neither can the places that claim that they're authenticating your shoes. I can tell you that firsthand, but like everybody that does that does their best to give you the right answer and to give you, you know, the truth. and. I think that for guys like that with the mag, you know, like if he's thinking that it's a real shoe and feeling like he's wearing $50,000 or whatever that is on his foot, then that probably is a little, <laughs> a little much. Right. But then at the same time, if, if you had a pair of mags or if you bought the like costume ones for a hundred or 200 bucks, whenever those came out and you yeah. wanted to rock them, so be it, man. Like, I don't care. Like, it's whatever. Robbie made but that like, man cry. <laughs> no, I just think that it's one of those things where 
you know, like it's, it's good to have the conversation. It's good to let him know, but like not in a, like, I'm sure Robbie wasn't out there trying to ridicule him. He was probably like genuinely like, what? I mean, how often do you see somebody wearing mags? Like probably not very often, right? It It all circles back to, I want to make conversation about shoes in person. So never approaching about, yo, those are fake. And I'm going to call you a buster because they're fake. It was more like, like, like you said, Nick, I never see these in person. What the hell? I need to like see this shoe. <laughs> you know, like, yep. that, that was very big. Um, do we have any other thoughts about that before I, I kind of go to the decision to buy shoes? I got one last thought. And it's just that Nick's second point he made about talking about original quality. If you were not around, and this includes myself, we're not around to actually hold a pair of Jordan ones, twos, threes in their original form. You 21 years old. It, I don't want to hear nobody talking about original quality. You just get this shoe and go home. You have no idea what this looks like. You're getting, if you're holding a pair now, they're halfway falling apart. I just don't, I, I, I hate hearing about, oh, it's not the same quality. I'm like, bro, you younger than me talking about this. Like, I don't even know what the original quality look like. That's so true. And I mean, like, so... MJ20, MJO23 Jordan, we had him on the podcast. Like, he Bye. really does care because he, like, curates. And mm-hmm. there's a lot of curate and loves seeing the differences between all of them. So, if, I mean, I give them the green light to be straight past for them. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm in the same boat as you. I don't care. I mean, if the, if the shape isn't completely right, I, I really don't care all that much. If it affects how it fits and how it feels, then it's a problem. Yeah. But more narrow or whatnot, it's cool unless it's a Jordan 1 mid to a Jordan 1 high. That's like the only way. <laughs> that- I mean, and and I, I just want to like kind of reiterate um, with, with guys like Marvin, MJO23, Dan, right? Or with uh, Seth. Seth has a ton of the same shoe over and over again. Yeah, like even even further back, guys like even like Russ Bankston, Cali Vegas on on Instagram, yeah. Defy New York, guys that are approaching this in a way where it's almost like they're documenting history. Dunks are nice. Rolo, he's got a crazy collection of original shoes, and all these guys do this. And it's a, it's a beautiful thing to me. I don't have the patience for it. I <laughs> wish I, I wish I did. I wish I had this patience and the space, uh, but honestly, if I had everything the way my mind thinks it should be, I'd probably live in a hundred thousand square foot warehouse filled with sneakers and car parts. So like, that's probably not good for me anyway, to go much further than I have with multiple storage units, but guys like guys like them are super, super important. And I have no knock to people that want to put in the effort and and look at those details because I could tell you for a fact that a handful of these types of people have become consultants in the business of footwear because the brands need to understand what the shoes previously looked like. Like you could even go back to like the, when Ewing athletics started back up, they needed to source original Ewing product because they didn't have it all. And the only way that happens is with guys like that, that are collectors that look at all the details and, and like can explain the details and the differences between those generations of shoes or those, you know, models or even samples. And th- those, those people are hugely important. 
I'm strictly speaking, you know, most of this episode about like the people that just want to wear shoes because that's, that's a totally different world. Like if you're, if you're like an archivist, uh, like collector or a curator or whatever, you know, like all of that stuff is super important, but we're not really throwing them into this, this conversation today, I guess is the best way to put it. Nah, I just need them for information when I go back and look at, you know, we all have to research. There has to be that information out there. So power to them. J. Cole said it best. Well, you eat, don't make me shit. <laughs> the second part I will leave out. Um, but yeah, man, it's just like, let people do their own things. Like just because I don't care, it doesn't mean that other people shouldn't or don't, you know, and that applies to many things. It's all subjective. Much like the decisions we make when thinking about buying a shoe. So I have like three main points and I bet everybody here listening either subconsciously or knowingly follows these three when they decide to buy a shoe. The elephant in the room is the rarity of the product. So Mike, you brought this up. I think we've all brought this up in this conversation. You can let it wait and probably get it on sale. If it's a really rare shoe, you know, that's not going to happen. So, you best strike or make your attempts or whatnot that very morning at 7 a.m. sharp, 10 a.m. sharp, whenever it's going to be, and get all your bids in because that's going to be your one try. So if it's really rare, that might even drive, and it commonly does drive my decision on why I wake up at 6.55 to get on sneakers. So I know it's rare. I'm either going to be able to resell it to get another shoe that I do want, or I'm going to be able to have another rare shoe for the collection that I like to wear. So there's, there's two pros that can come out from that one situation of how rare is this shoe? The second one's the colorway, right? Because, you know, it can be your favorite shoe. I love the Jordan 4. I mean, what did I buy the Raptor for? No, I didn't like the way it looked. Colors didn't speak to me. So I think colorway is the next big thing. Is at this point, somebody listening, you know, 50 minutes into a sneaker podcast probably has more than one of the same shoe. And the reason why they don't own 15 of that same shoe is because not everyone was a fit for them. There's tons of palettes out there. There's tons of tastes. Not everyone is for you. And the third one is nostalgia. I think that's the biggest factor rivaling rarity. And that could be anything from, oh, I was a big fan of this. I was a big fan of Chris Weber. So I want the Air Max Sensation or CW Retro. I haven't seen that shoe since I was a kid. My dad bought it for me when I was 14. There could be stuff, you know, like Mike and I have talked about this. When you're in college and broke and you saw it and you really wanted it and you just you didn't have the money for it as a young adult. Or maybe as, you know, a normal adult, as a grown-up, you had a car payment or you had a rent to pay or child support or groceries. You know, it could be anything that's more important than shoes that kept you from it. Mm-hmm. Or... Now I say those are like the two big ones. So it's either like, you know, you got it for you as a kid or you saw it as a kid or as an adult, you couldn't get it and it's a vengeance purchase. So I think those are like my three main points of what makes me decide to buy a shoe. Rarity, color, and nostalgia. And those things kick my butt every time. Because <laughs> I can find, it's like, ooh, I wanted this as a kid. Ooh, I love the way this looks. Ooh, this I can flip this for like six times it's worth. And I can, you can, <laughs> Robbie always says that you can justify any purchases. 
you can always justify something. And it's funny because Nick posted a name that shoe earlier, and it was the T Mac Three. And my dad bought me the red patent leather All Star. That's why I knew they didn't come in a pack because I remember him making me choose between the red or the blue. And I went on Adidas.com and searched to see if there's any good colorways, which is the second point of that shoe. So instantly seeing it was like, damn, I want a T Mac Three. <laughs> so like it, it can it can trigger you so fast. You. My probably last tip is to when you're buying sneakers, this is more of just a when it goes back to your collection. Don't pigeonhole yourself into one thing. Um, I say branch out every so often. Don't just be like, oh, I'm just gonna buy. I mean, nothing's wrong with it, but I'm just gonna buy you know straight Jordans forever. I'm gonna just buy only buy Nike. I'm not the biggest brand loyal person whatsoever because my deal is like no one's paying me. At least not yet. If anybody wants to, just let me know. But um, try something new or so often. I'm not saying break the bank to try something new. Um, but if there's something that piques your interest and you, you're like, oh, it's at a decent price, don't be scared to pick it up because you don't think it's going to get you the likes when you take the pitch or you think your, your buddies are going to be like, oh, what is that? If, if it piques your interest and it's something different, add to the collection. It's not going to hurt you. That's a good one. I mean, even... even uh someone as uh as brand loyal as Robbie can come along sometimes and and an on running shoe gets some some positive words yeah. from him so i i 100% co-sign that one shout out <laughs> to Deodora too cuz i've been wearing my Deodoras all the time i switch off between ons and Deodoras when i run i haven't put a pair of nike runners on since i got those shoes it's crazy um, i mean i i do want a pair of the new pegasus but I, yeah, I agree. <laughs> I do too. I want someone to send me a pair because I got, I got peanut butter and jealous. When I, saw, <laughs> I was I like, come on, let's send a sneaker. We got some, some Pegasus. We like to run too. Okay, yeah, so man. don't say I like to run. I <laughs> it's like, don't, it's like giving misinformation. Hey, that, that's <laughs> what we need though. We need, how do we get like a, a sneaker history, like sponsorship or uh, like something for, for a run club? Anybody, anybody knows, hit us up. <laughs> <laughs> the sh run club uh, <laughs> um i was gonna say so going back to more i guess not really technical but a couple of like practices that if you want to take it a step further in trying to get new releases um if if you've never heard of a page monitor that's an easy easy way to set up you can do it through any browser pretty much safari chrome brave whatever you use um, and all it does is basically change and tell you when there's been an update on the page that you ask it to monitor. So if you're looking for like when shoes, you know, maybe restock or new sizes show up or like after the fact, like, let's say, um, let's say a shoe goes on sale, um, in store at foot lockers or wherever and then ends up going back to distribution center or they hold it available for people in store over the release weekend. But on Tuesday or Wednesday afterwards, that product shows up on the website, like a store, like, uh, you know, a retail store, obviously talking pre, you know, coronavirus stuff, but you can set up a page monitor pretty easily. You can download a plugin for almost any browser and it's a good way to just monitor changes. Um, e easy kind of, 
just basic tip. The other one kind of related to that, and I don't want to like co-sign anybody's, you know, cop group or whatever you want to call it. Right. But there's definitely plenty of ways where you can, you could either create this with your friends or you can get into some of these, you know, Slack groups or, um, even like there's a couple of them on Twitter and Instagram where it's like, it's just basically a bunch of people trying to share that information. Some of them will charge you to be a member and that's what keeps them from, you know, having people come in and just throw misinformation around. But some of them, you know, like I said, you could create with your own group of people and you could have, you know, a Facebook group that's like just strictly people posting links when new product shows up. Now, it's not always going to be fail proof, but it's just a good way to like spread your kind of feelers to get access to shoes that you might have thought disappeared. Right. And the last one on kind of my more like approach to copying stuff would be find and follow or somehow pay attention to all of the boutiques you possibly can, whether that's a skate shop or a sneaker shop or a high end, you know, whatever, like all those smaller boutiques, not only is it good for the, like the economy as a whole to support small businesses, but like all of those boutiques have different timing as to when their products launch. Now, when you look at sneakers on Saturday morning or whatever morning, right, you know that stuff drops at 7 a.m. Pacific Coast time. And that basically means that everybody knows that that stuff is releasing. So everybody is there trying to buy it. You're going up against a much larger crowd when you're trying to buy through sneakers. And I'm not saying to not buy through sneakers because obviously there's plenty of stuff that only releases there. But when you're going against millions of people, as opposed to maybe only a hundred thousand people know of a particular brand or a particular boutique, I mean, that just gives you more, a, a little bit more of a chance to get the stuff that you want. So my tip, you know, kind of to reiterate would be either through Twitter or Instagram or Facebook or whatever that is, whatever way you can set up a kind of big wide net of like, these are the, you know, 50 boutiques that I want to look at because you can buy stuff from a store in Pittsburgh and a store in Miami and a store in LA and a store in Portland, but they might all release that product at a different time. So I think that it's good to just have an eye on all of that stuff. If that's what you're really, if you're really trying to get this stuff it's a great way to do it, but also you could feel good about buying a shoe from a local store that you know only has a limited number of products and that $200, $300 that you just sent them means a significantly more is significantly more important to their, you know, keeping the lights on as compared to, you know, buying from sneakers or buying from Foot Locker or wherever else. So that's that's the last kind of a my I guess more specific to new releases. Nick, those groups I think they need to change their names because I've heard the names of them. They're called cook groups. And it either say like, sound right. like A, drug dealers or B, chefs. And I doubt they're either one of them. So, <laughs> I mean, I, I'd be down to join a cook group that I could learn just how to cook it. better. Yeah. I mean, just change the name. It sounds similar. I didn't know what it was at first. I'm like, are these drug dealers or are there some great chefs? So, yeah, just say you buy sneakers, guys. It's not, <laughs> you don't have to start making up crazy <laughs> names for stuff. Yeah. And don't buy from StockX. They're all messed up right now. So 
Yeah. Proxies follow the not proxies, the web monitors, page monitors. I never heard of that before. I'm not that savvy, so that's a really good tip, Nick. Uh, follow the boutique <laughs> and buy from people who need to have people buying stuff. Yeah, and you know, I don't want to. I, I obviously like worked for StockX for years, and I don't have any hard feelings. I think that, you know, I have a ton of friends there that, you know, this has been some really challenging times for them for the past year or so with the company. And that's a lot of what's happening is just a part of a business growing and and learning how to deal with things that go on. Um, I'm not dismissing some of the mistakes that they've made along the way, but I also try not to get too dismissive of anybody in particular, only because at the end of the day, you know, there's somebody like that you can have a personal connection with behind the scenes there, whether that's StockX or Goat or Foot Locker or Nike. And, you know, I don't like we all have to pick and choose where our money goes. And I, and I agree with Robbie, like it's it's, you know, when you know who's getting the money, like it feels much better. Right. And yeah. but at the same time, I don't want to dismiss buying stuff from Nike because I have friends that work at Nike, you know, same way Robbie does. We all have these people that work in these companies and I don't want to dismiss buying, you know, directly from them. I just think that if, if actually getting the product is a challenge for you, the, the more places you can look and pay attention to the better your odds are when less people might be looking in that direction, I guess. Facts. I guess it's talking to the view of my own. I'm still going to say don't buy there, but that's not Nick's view. It's Robbie's <laughs> yeah, view. No, yeah, it's no, no problem. I don't have a problem with that. <laughs> I will say on top of that, you know, when it comes to the secondary market, there's obviously StockX and Goat, Stadium Goods, Flight Club, like the, the you know, the consignment stores. Robbie men- mentioned uh, JC and Urban Necessities. I mentioned Soul Supremacy earlier. Index Portland. Yeah, Index Portland is another one. I mean, obviously, you mentioned you mentioned Barry, um, you know, United Kicks out here in uh, Corona. I got something here in Houston. Yeah, like there's plenty of, 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 you know, like places for people to go buy. But I also think thinking outside of where you normally look is, is a huge opportunity for people. I personally have bought shoes that you would never think would be on a luxury retail platform, right? So I've bought shoes off of the real, real I've bought shoes off of Poshmark. I bought shoes off of all these platforms, you know, that aren't traditional like sneakerhead spots, but occasionally stuff shows up there where you're just like, wow, this is crazy. How did this show up here? And thinking about like, Hey, there's so many platforms out here, right? The default for sneakerheads is like these handful throw in eBay into the mix, right? And then you kind of you kind of shut off everything else. But as we mentioned in a previous episode, don't be afraid to hunt. I have found crazy obviously I buy a lot of different things than what most people buy. I'm looking for Reebok Pump Furies. I'm looking for, you know, like random Adidas runners. I'm looking for like old Nike runners. All the stuff that that might not be cool outside of that one quick hit with a, the sneakers app or something similar, and sites like 
like overstock.com, sites like Chewbacca.com, all those kind of 6pm.com, Joe's New Balance Outlet. There's a, there's a ton of sites that are not, you're not going to find a Travis Scott or a Jordan 1 or whatever that hot release is. But occasionally stuff goes there because it doesn't sell. And sometimes it goes there like, let's say it goes, let's say Nike sends, you know, those Volt Air Max 90s, right? Let's say Nike sends 100,000 of those to Foot Locker. Foot Locker sends them out to East Bay, Champs, Foot Action, Final Score, all the places that they own. And now they don't sell. Now they go back potentially to Nike, RTV, return to vendor. Obviously, if you've worked in retail, you know how that works. And that shoe goes back to Nike. And then Nike goes, well, we're not going to put this back up on the site or we're going to send it to our outlets and sell it that way. But then what happens is it ends up on a site like Chewbacca or, you know, Overstock. And you end up getting it for like 30 or 40 bucks compared to like 60 or 70 at the outlets. So I would also say make sure you're looking for those types of things at those like random weird places, whether that's a consignment luxury retailer or a vintage shop or whatever, because the more places you're looking, the more likely you're going to find shoes that are going to give you that joy that you're looking for that you missed out on on the sneakers app Saturday morning. Speaking the truth then, Nick, I, need, I never heard of that. What, Chewbacca? I've never heard of that until just now. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I've been thinking about it this episode. I, I'll just put together like a list of, of these kind of places that I would go to and throw it up on the site. So by the time you're listening to this, we'll, I'll have a blog post up with it. And you can go check it out there. What what else we got? Oh, one thing. I mean, I know people kind of get weird about this, but for all those like stores, big, small, medium, sign up for emails, man, because they will send like so many coupons and stuff. And you can also do just random search online, you know, finish line coupons, what a footlocker coupon, whatever it may be. Always search for those kind of discount codes because they're around. And especially if you give your email address to them, I know people hate spam emails, but you deal with a couple spam emails. And then when it comes time for you to make a purchase, you got a 25% coupon off. It looks a whole lot better in your pocket. True. Yeah, definitely. You got anything else, Robbie? No, that was it. Um, Poshmark's a great place for like last year's Pegasus and like five years ago with Pegasus. So that's a good tip I forgot to mention, but now I don't have anything else. Cool. Uh, I guess that's it. We didn't really have, I didn't really read a review. I'll, I'll, I'll skip that for next time, but uh, yeah. <laughs> we'll uh, catch next all right. Time. Well, that pretty much wraps it up then. Thanks everybody for listening. Follow us all at sneaker history on all the platforms. You can follow me at Nick Ingvall. As I said, if, if you need to know a, a shoe or, need to know if something's real or fake you know we're, we're we're happy to try to help you out with those those types of things uh as long as you know you're patient with us because we have lives but <laughs> feel free to hit us up on, on any of the social platforms yeah guys let them know how they can find you yeah you can find me lobbying reebok to send me and nick a pair of those eric emmanuel yes. questions um you can also find me instagram and twitter at madwatcher 789 and then that youtube uh at mike gillery um, two pairs of those. I'm good. Um, I know that's what I said. Me and Nick. I, I, I look. I wouldn't even put you in that right now. <laughs> good. And uh, find me at R A H B E E seven zero two. Right on. Thanks everybody for listening. We'll catch you next time.
Peace. See ya. Bye. What up, y'all? This is Nick again. First, I wanted to thank you for listening to the Sneaker History Podcast. It really means a lot that you would spend a part of your day rocking with us. Before you take off, I wanted to ask a few favors. If you're looking for more content from the Sneaker History crew, head over to patreon.com slash sneakerhistory. Our Patreon members get access to exclusive episodes of the podcast, our latest merch, giveaways, and much more. You can become a member for as little as five bucks a month, and it really goes a long way supporting the crew. Next, make sure you're signed up for our email newsletter. We share updates about the footwear business, some of our favorite finds and deals, and other sneaker-related news a couple times per week. I like to think of it as a one-stop shop for the sneaker game, or at least a work-in-progress one-stop shop for the sneaker game, if you know what I mean. Last but not least, tell someone you like their kicks today. Whether online or in person, social distancing in effect, of course, it helps make the sneaker community a better place, and you never know what conversation and opportunity might come from it. As always, we appreciate you, and we'll catch you next time. Peace. Hey everyone, this is Nick again. Before you take off, do us a solid and head over to Apple Podcasts to leave us a review. Give us a rating on Spotify and Amazon Music, and make sure you're subscribed to our YouTube channel because we have even more video content coming soon. Speaking of new content, we have an amazing community of sneaker enthusiasts that hang out in our Sneaker History Discord on a daily basis. While sneakers is a connection point that brought us all together, we've all discovered countless shared passions that we have in common with each other. We recently launched a couple of new podcasts directly from our community. One of them is a Formula One podcast. If you're an F1 fan like me, the Exhaust Notes podcast is your weekly fix of Formula One fun. It's hosted by myself, Rohit Malhotra, and Todd Yates. New episodes drop every Tuesday. I've been wearing fitted hats for years and collecting my favorite teams since I was a little leaguer. It has been awesome to see so many new fans getting into fitteds in recent years. Crown and Stitch is our new talk show about fitted hats with Dexter, Keith, and myself, where we talk about fitted hats, snapbacks, throw in some obscure hats because we all kind of like some funky stuff once in a while, don't we? Copping, collecting, and so much more. New episodes drop every Wednesday. Hit the links in the show notes for this episode to give our new shows a listen and be on the lookout for more new podcasts dropping soon. Last but not least, tell someone you like their kicks today. You never know how far a simple compliment can take you, and we all know how good it feels to have someone show their appreciation. Thank you all for the support, and we'll catch you on the next episode. Peace.